Welcome to the Warrior Families Movement, where we learn how to create lives and homes in which you and your family are all passionately engaged in using your gifts and the fight for good. I'm your host, Karen Bates, and I'm excited to journey with you as we learn to let go of the weights of distraction, perfectionism, comparison, and control, so we can freely walk with courageous purpose and loving presence on our unique paths. Each episode is designed to shine light on a step you can take toward your inspired dreams and vision for lifting your family and lighting the world. Welcome back. I thought it would be fun to do a pre-launch week before actually launching the podcast and just share a few of my favorite stories I've recorded recently that help us start to see the patterns of finding our path and creating a home that grows self-motivated learners and leaders. And so this first one I wanted to share um, was from when I was first married and it made a really big shift in my thinking and it helped me start to really understand what I was here to do. And it, funnily enough, it started with watching a show called Friends. So here is the story. Hi there. If you have to nag or bribe or threaten your kids to do the things they need to do, their homework, their chores, all of the tasks in their day, you're probably exhausted. You know, I have eight children and I have a hard time getting myself to do everything I need to do each day, um, let alone trying to motivate eight other people. It would be um, impossible for me. And so I'm really grateful that I had this mental switch uh, shortly after my daughter was born that has helped me teach them to be intrinsically motivated, to have that internal drive to do the things they ought to do. And of course, I still have to remind and sometimes we have to refocus and remember our why but they do the things they do out of the right motives. And I wanted to share what that switch was and how it's blessed us because I didn't realize it at the time, what a blessing would be in our lives. Growing up, I was the oldest of four children and I was the only girl. So I was pretty used to getting my way. My parents moved to the United States when, we, when I was seven and they gave up um, a comfortable job and home because they wanted to give their children an opportunity to have um, a better life, to be able to get the education and things that would help them prosper and do better than we could have done had we stayed there. And so they came to the United States. I had to start all over um, with a couple of suitcases. And so they got jobs that were pretty low paying. They didn't speak English. And so they had to kind of start from scratch. It was hard to get a, a good job. But they sacrificed so much that we would have everything that we needed and um, what we wanted because they wanted to give us a better life. That was their motive. They just loved us so much. So I still, I have a guilty feeling sometimes as I look back about all they sacrificed and how sometimes um, we took it for granted. I remember one day going to the mall with my mom because I wanted, it was junior high and everybody was wearing these jeans um, that were this brand called Jabot. And if you were cool, you had to have one. And so I begged my mom to, to get me these jeans. And I remember... Um, going to the store and seeing the price tag and realizing how ridiculously expensive they were. And I knew my mom needed new shoes, but I really wanted these jeans. And so I suppressed these feelings of guilt and she bought them for me. And I also remember going to a thrift store at one point because she needed some things and hiding in the car because I was so afraid that someone would see me. And so these feelings of wanting to be liked were really strong in me. And a part of it was also that you know, we were the only Hispanic kids in our school, in elementary school, and, and we didn't speak the language. And so this desire to be included was really strong in me. I wanted, you know, I was all alone at recess and I'd watch the kids play. 
And eventually a little girl did reach out to me and started playing with me and we'd signal to each other and learn to communicate. So I was very grateful for her. But I had this kind of um, just desire to be like everyone else and wanting to be liked. And so this kind of motive stayed with me for a long time. And I still have it a little bit. I, I still desire to be liked and I try to suppress that and try to make sure that my motives are right. Because that's not a happy way to live. It wasn't joyful and it was very swayed about, my feelings were swayed about by the opinions of others and I did not like living that way. And getting an education was more of something that I needed to do in order to get a job someday, to be able to go to college. So my education was very shallow because my motives, again, were about me and getting a good job or getting into college. They weren't about trying to make this world better or I didn't realize at the time that an education would help me be able to make um, good life decisions, have better relationships, and be able to make a difference in the world. That was not my motive, so it was shallow. So I remember one day um, we had moved to Kentucky when I was six months pregnant um, because my husband was going to go to school there, and my little girl was born three months later. Um, my mom came out for a little bit to help me, but then she left, and I was very alone and. Um, little girl was colicky and nursing was painful and it was just a really hard transition for me when you go from your motives being all about you to suddenly having this little baby and things are all about her and I was struggling and I sometimes thought about maybe I should just fly home and let my mom take care of both of us because this is really hard and it was a struggle for me and I was dealing with a little bit of postpartum depression I didn't realize it at the time but sometimes things were just really, really dark and I felt really guilty about who I was and about how I was raising my baby and I just didn't feel like I could do it. And so one day I had her and her little bouncer and there was this tree outside of our town home in Kentucky and she liked to look at the leaves. So I had her outside bouncing her a little bit as she looked at the leaves and I started looking up at the leaves as well. And I started thinking about a TV show I had watched a previous night. I liked to watch this show because it made me laugh and it was funny. And it was called Friends. And the people in it just seemed to have these really exciting lives. And they were um, constantly doing something and it was just always fun. And their morals were not very great. And I remember sitting there thinking about the show and thinking, comparing it to my life and then realizing that I had kind of started craving some of that excitement and wanting some sort of that lifestyle and I knew it was shallow. I knew that that was not the way to real joy, that it was a fake pseudo happiness and that I wouldn't, that I didn't want my daughter craving those sort of things as well, that I noticed myself thinking and, and, and knowing that they were wrong, but also having this kind of like, oh, my life is so boring and their life is so exciting. And I realized I need to, I need to stop watching shows like that. I don't want my little girl to be influenced in that way. And then I thought, well, what do I want her influenced by? What is it that I want to have in her life? And that's when I started to realize my education was so shallow. I didn't really know anything. I didn't know about history or the world or, or the important things. I hadn't read many classics and I realized I wanted to be different. I wanted to be the kind of mother that knew these things and that could help her um, find answers to things. And if she had questions that I could help her know where to turn. And so the next day, I set off to go to the library. And for some reason in, in Richmond, Kentucky, the library was in the mall. So we went to the mall and I started walking up and down the aisles searching for a classic. I didn't know what to look for, but I knew that if it looked kind of familiar, then maybe there was probably a classic. I'd probably heard about it before. And so I'm walking down 
library aisles looking at all the books, seeing if anything looked familiar. And I saw Charles Dickens. You know, I started with A and started walking down. It's like, Charles Dickens, he sounds familiar. I know he writes classics. So I picked up a book and it was Pickwick Papers. And I went over to the librarian and I said, um, I'm trying to read more classics. Is this a good one? And she said, oh, why are you trying to read some classics? And I said, oh, I just realized that I, I haven't read enough and I want to have a good education for my little girl. And she was kind of smiled at me and she said, oh, good. Well, this is a good book, but let me help you get another Charles Dickens that you might like more. And so she put that one back and she gave me David Copperfield. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll start with this one. Thanks. And I went home and I started reading it. And it was really hard at first. Like I didn't understand a lot of what was happening. The language was difficult, but I really was determined to not be dumb anymore. So I kept trying and I'd have to read certain paragraphs over again to kind of uh, understand what I thought he was saying. But by the end of the book, I started to really enjoy it and I, I got really into it. And when I closed it, I was just floored. I, I had no idea that these kind of thoughts were out there. And I was so impressed by the way they opened my mind and my heart. And I wanted more of that in my life. It's like the cobwebs started clearing away from my brain and I saw what I'd been missing. And so I went back and I started looking for other classics. I'd walk down the aisles and try to find what I could. And some of them were not that good. I brought them home and I was like, I really didn't like that book, but I kept trying. It was hit and miss, but I was determined to start to get a good education so that my little girl could have the kind of mother she needed. So my motive changed. And I'm so grateful that um, I was able to see that because as my motive was not about me and being liked anymore, it became about being the kind of person I needed to be to make the world a better place. Then I was able to see more clearly and I was able to give my little girl what she needed. So about six years later, we were living in Baltimore, again, for my husband to do an internship. And uh, my little girl was starting first grade. She was going to school. And I started uh, going running with a friend um, from church. And in the mornings we would run and she had decided to pull her little boy out of school because he was not getting along well with his first grade teacher. They didn't really like each other. And she decided to try homeschooling him that year. And she started reading these books. And one of them was called The Thomas Jefferson Education. And as we were running, she would tell me about some of the things she was learning and things she started implementing in her home. And one of the things she told me about was reading classics to her, um, to her son. And they were reading Robinson Crusoe. She would read to him at nights. And I thought, wow, I'd never really thought about reading my first grader classics, but that really sounds like a good idea. And I can see why that would be beneficial. So I decided to go home and start trying to read her some classics. I picked up Robinson Crusoe, but I was like, no, this isn't really going to grab her. She, it was more of a boy book. But my friend told me about another book called The Secret Garden. I had heard of it. I thought, okay, we'll start here. And so I told her, I will just read a chapter of this each night before you go to bed. You know, after read you your regular book. I was reading her regular children's books before bed and are my other children as well. So I told her, we'll read this with all the other kids, but then I'll read you a chapter from this um, each, each night so that we can start to read some of these books together. And she thought that'd be fun. And sometimes she would take her coloring book and she would color and I'd read to her. And pretty soon the other kids wanted to be involved in this reading time too. They didn't like getting sent to bed. And so I told them, well, as long as you can be still and listen and not interrupt, you know, unless you have a question about the book, then you can stay here. But if you start, you know, being crazy or anything else, I'll have dad take you to bed. 
And so they started gathering around during this reading time as well. And I'd read them all the secret garden and they try to pay attention because they don't want to get sent to bed. And that is how our family read aloud time was born. And we started reading classics as a family and going on all of these adventures together that we could all relate to and that we could all kind of go back. Oh, yeah, I remember so-and-so in this story and how he acted. And we had this common ground work to work from. And it started with this just read aloud time that was um, from this friend who, who mentioned to me that she wanted to read this. And it also introduced me to this incredible world of children's literature that I had never really thought to explore before. I was an adult, so I thought I needed to read adult classics. But children classics were so beautiful and they fed me in a way that I hadn't ever been fed before and just lighted my heart in so many ways. And I just loved them so much. And I was really, I am really grateful that I was introduced to this world and that I could live it with my children. So it's been 14 years since we opened up that secret garden and began reading as a family. And you may be wondering, you know, what came of it? Did it work? Do your kids love to read? Do they, are they intrinsically motivated? Do they have different motives than you had at that age? And I'm happy to say, yes, they have much different motives. They see things um, more clearly because we've read those books and they love reading. They love books. They love learning. And so I interviewed them recently and I asked them each what some of their interests were, what some of their favorite books were, um, what motivates them, and if they had any advice for parents so that we could learn a little bit about how to be, um, how to help motivate our children. And they had some really cute answers as well as some rather insightful ones, I think. And so I'm gonna link their video and you can see what they had to say and get to know them a little bit better. I will put the link to that in the podcast notes. Thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit awarriereducation.com. And I'll see you there.